We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It is uh, football time. It's that time of the week where we talk NFL, NFL Week 6. We got an 11-game main slate, and I'm joined, as always, by my running partner here on the Morning Grind Football Podcast. It's Genie for 07. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? Not too bad. Week 5 didn't go great for me from DFS, but it seems to be every single week I either make money in DFS or make money in sports betting. So that always seems to even itself out all year, but yeah, week five, I was way too, way too heavy on the Giants game. Whoops. And that was way too heavy on Johnson. So injuries, I feel like one of these weeks, I'm not going to have an injured player be my highest owned player. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, the main slate was not good for me. The afternoon slate saved my weekend. I talked about this on Monday. So like, it's always good when like you have one of those like slates just out of nowhere. Um, like I always build my afternoon like lineup after I do the expert survey on like Friday and I never really like adjust it. So maybe that's why it did so well. So, um, yeah, it was an interesting week, week five. So let's get into week six. Like this slate, 
it's probably the most interesting slate we've had. I, I'm going to say interesting because I don't think there's a clear cut like chalk. Like there's not a Dallas Giants game. Like there's a couple games that have high totals, but like there's not like outside of Atlanta, Minnesota, there's not like a massive chalk um, like way to build on this slate. Yeah, Atlanta, Minnesota is probably the biggest one, and obviously Dalvin Cook a little bit uh, change that around. But yeah, there's no real like there's that game, and then there's the Jacksonville game, which are people really excited to play? I don't know. And then there's Miami. But there's really not a ton uh, going on here this week. Like a lot of lower totals than we're used to seeing. A lot of the high total offenses, we don't really know the best spots to target. So I don't think we're going to like, this is a perfect week. I don't know where ownership's going to land at. But wherever the chalk, chalk, chalk guys are at, just fade them. Because every, certain weeks there's like high scoring games and there's high scoring spots where the chalk is there for a reason. The rest of them, it's just one guy's slightly better than the next closest option, but everyone touts that one guy. So everyone lands on that one guy. So a guy that's 40% owned really is only 5% better than a 5% owned guy that's around the same price tag. So this is a week where you want to be looking at ownership and getting slight pivots because there's no fantastic spot that really stands out. There's a couple guys that I really like that we'll get through as we're going here. Uh, let's get started with the Denver at uh, New England game. It's a 46 total. New England's favored by nine and a half in this game. Uh, let's start with the Denver side of things. Obviously, news came out on Wednesday, the same day we're recording the podcast this week, uh, that Melvin Gordon got pulled over for a DUI on Tuesday night. So we're going to mark him as questionable. We'll have to see how that all plays out. But Drew Locke was practicing, so he should be back in this one. Do you like anything here for Denver? I mean... Judy's price tag is fine. Um, if Melvin Gordon doesn't end up playing, then I'm, I'm going probably pretty heavily on Philip Lindsay. Um, it's it's just a spot where you kind of got to decide on if you're going to eat Lindsay chalk at 4.3 K. I have to assume he's going to be chalky if Melvin misses, right? You would think so. Yeah. Like he's just cheap. He's one of those guys that is going to get a heavy workload. Yes. Royce Freeman can get in there and steal some stuff, but Lindsay's the guy that really stands out. New England's defense hasn't really been great so far this season, but the Denver offense hasn't looked great. Maybe it'll be a little bit of an upgrade here with Locke coming back, but he wasn't doing a ton with Judy before he got injured. Like maybe the connection isn't there. Judy's obviously talented, but spot I'm probably going to end up avoiding with only an 18.25 total here for Denver. I don't expect a ton of fantasy output for them. Listen, if Gordon misses, Lindsay's fine. If Gordon plays, I don't really love this team. Um, like Tim Patrick's a little interesting at 4.5K. If Hamler doesn't play, um, like Hamler didn't practice again Wednesday. So if Hamler misses the game, I, I might take some shots on like Tim Patrick at 4.5K. Um, coming off of a really big game against the Jets, like – so, yeah, that's, that's kind of it for me as far as Denver goes. And then on the New England side of things, like, um, you know, this is still like a question mark, you know, because Cam Newton's supposed to rejoin the team on Thursday. So I assume that he would play this game. Um, what do you like here for New England? Yeah, you know, the Cam Newton situation with COVID is super interesting this week. He's supposed to come back to practice tomorrow. 
I'm fine with Newton. If he ends up playing again, we don't really know. It's a whole interesting situation. He's asymptomatic, whether they let him play or not, even if he's testing positive still is up in the air, but he's definitely a guy that he's really the only guy I'm considering too much. I mean, Edelman is in play. He can always have a big game, but with everyone here with white back in the offense with things going on, I don't know if this is the best spot here for Edelman. So it's probably just Cam Newton naked if he ends up playing for me. Yeah, I think it's I think it's crazy that like even if Cam Newton's still testing positive, he could potentially play here. Like it's that's that's crazy to me. So um Damian Harris had 17 attempts against Kansas City. It looks like he's gonna kind of be the guy um with Sonny Michelle. Before man. with England. <laughs> New England. Yeah, I know. I, I get it, <laughs> but like so like this week the New England defense is like one of the better defenses, right? Like it, it's not a secret like they're they're one of the better defensive plays on the slate so like pairing the defense with Harris I don't think is like a crazy idea I almost like it more if Cam doesn't play to pair like Harris with the defense because like Cam takes the goal line carries and scores like you know so um I, I don't trust anything on New England nothing Edelman Harry none of these guys don't trust anything I will say at 3.5K, Bird is interesting if Cam Newton plays. Cam Newton kind of has locked in on Bird a little bit this season at 3.5K. He has some upside at that price, right? Like, he's a guy that can put up, you know, 15 fantasy points at that price and, you know, be a really strong play. Yeah, I mean, any guy that can get eight-plus targets at 3.5K has some upside. <laughs> but, yeah, not, like, super excited about it. I'm not excited about this game in general. Like, we'll have to see how the rest of the week plays out with the whole Cam Newton news. But, um, yeah, like, Bird's interesting at Cam plays. Harry's a little interesting at Cam plays. But the running back situation becomes less likely for me if Cam plays. Uh, Houston at Tennessee, 53.5 total. Tennessee favored by three in this game. You know, what a game by the Tennessee Titans last night. And, like, not even like what a game by the Tennessee Titans. Like Josh Allen looked like 2019 Josh Allen um, trying to force stuff. And that's not the Josh Allen that we know. Uh, let's start here with Houston. This is a 53 and a half total. Tennessee's favored by three. What do you like here on the Houston side of things? First of all, don't besmirch the name of Josh Allen. You Never know that I am with you as far as it goes. Oh, with one Josh the, Allen. One of, he had one horrible throw and that was the pick, but he had a few guys that dropped some passes. He, do not besmirch about Josh Allen is basically what I'm about to say. But Titans are a good team. Like, it was a good game. Congrats to them. But it's football. Anything can happen. Josh Allen's the greatest QB of all time. But over on Houston, they've got a 25-point total. The Tennessee defense really hasn't been great so far this season. They're about middle of the pack. And I have I had a little bit of interest in Houston, but not a ton. Like, David Johnson is probably in for the same workload he's been getting recently. He should be a little bit involved in the receiving game, but he's, he's always a guy that's in play at 5.4K going up against a mid-tier run defense. Price is right. Ownership shouldn't be too high on him. He's the main guy. Like Will Fuller, priced at 6.8K. I don't know if I really want to go there. Seems like a little bit too much to pay for him. Cooks finally had a bit of a good game this last week. All the numbers are kind of pointing towards it as a possibility, but was against Jacksonville. Tennessee is not the same pass defense as Jacksonville. It's just absolutely atrocious. I'm not, I'm not chasing the Cooks game. I'm not chasing the Fuller game. I'm probably not using Watson. There's quarterbacks I'd rather end up going with. I'm not going to talk you off 
of any of those guys, but David Johnson going up against a mid-tier defense at 5.4K in a high-scoring game, he'd probably be the main guy that I would want to go with. I'm probably fading rest. Uh, we'll have to see if Jordan Aikens is back. You know, he was out last week with a concussion. Um, if he's out, um, you could potentially look at Fells at 3.8K. I don't mind Cooks as a tournament play. Like, he's a, he's a big-time guy that, like, can get the big plays like he can put up zero or 30 um and we've already kind of seen that this season so if he becomes popular we don't have projected ownership we're recording wednesday afternoon projected ownership's not out yet so we'll have to kind of see if people are going to chase that or not fuller is kind of expensive randall cobb's interesting he's 4.4k he's gone double digit fantasy points in three of the last four games um i i think that houston could potentially be behind in this game a little bit um but i, I think overall I like Watson, so I probably will have some Watson, some Fuller, some Cooks, some Cobb. Um, like he's one of the one of the few quarterbacks that I actually like this week. So we don't have like a ton of um, ton of solid plays here as far as like that goes. So um, let's go to the other side. Do you have any interest here in the Titans? Eric Henry. I mean, Houston's run defense hasn't been good so far this season. Projected to be leading. I'm not going to argue with a shot on A.J. Brown. He looked decent at times in the last game. Um, but they're going to run the ball a lot against Houston. It's a perfect spot for Derrick Henry. thing that does worry me is the little bit of a shortened week. But Henry is the only guy I'm considering. For, like This is a running back game for me. He looked gassed, though, man. Like, I don't know. Uh, I think – Short week, like they want to run the ball, but like they only ran the ball with Henry like 19 times last night, and he fell in the end zone once and had a decent run. The other one to score a touchdown, but like, yeah, somebody that's you know super bitter about him getting there last night, um, you know. So, um, I, I like AJ Brown. We'll have to see though. Like, it, we don't know if Davis, like Corey Davis and Humphreys are going to be out again, if they're out again, then like AJ Brown's going to get a ton of targets. He's 5.6 K like, and Houston defense kind of stinks. So if you're not playing Henry, like I, I think you could take shots here on AJ Brown. Um, if Davis and Humphreys are out, I think you could take shots on like Khalif Raymond. Uh, I don't think he's the worst place. 3.2 K. Um, far too cheap. If those guys are out. Yeah, he's just, he's super fast. So like, he's not gonna go out and have a monster game, but he's gonna potentially do enough. Um, like Westbrook is minimum salary. Like, I'll be looking at some of these Tennessee receivers if if we get news that like Davis and Humphreys are not gonna play. But if those guys are not gonna play, we saw Jonu Smith like get moved around in the slot. Like we saw him play almost every like position last night as wide receiver slash tight end. So. Johnu Smith, if those guys are out, uh, becomes a fantastic play for for me. Yeah, yeah, no, and he got a touchdown that really shouldn't have been a touchdown, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, I like the Johnu call if those guys are out, but we'll have to wait and see. How did they not overturn that Tannehill touchdown? Like, they just didn't care. It's Tuesday. They had given up. They weren't used to being. I, I get it. Like, there wasn't an angle that showed that it was clear, but, like, I don't know. Maybe it was just the angle we were watching on TV, but yeah, like I was, I, I, I had June uh, in, in cash. So like I was happy with Smith scoring there, but like, it was crazy. 
Uh, Washington football team at the New York Giants, 43 total. Giants favored by two and a half in this game. Um, sounds like Kyle Allen's going to be good to go. We'll have to you know, pay attention to that. Got knocked out of the game last week. We saw Alex Smith play some. But Kyle Smith or Kyle Allen um, practiced fully Wednesday. So we're going to go with him here. Uh, what do you like here for Washington? Nothing. Mike McLovin. That, that's pretty much it. It's not really a great offense. This isn't a high total game here. I'm not enthused about playing Allen. I'm not enthused about playing Gibson. I don't hate the Gibson call, but there's too many other running backs I'd rather end up going with. Uh, so he's he's probably going to be involved. But Giants' run defense has been decent so far this year. The pass defense hasn't, but I don't really want any part of this passing game outside of McLovin. So I'm, I'm, I will, in all likelihood, just full-on fade the Washington side of the ball this week. Well, we saw like Kyle Allen is captain check down. So if Gibson, like if this toe thing becomes like a serious thing, like I'll play all the McKisnick at 4.4K on DraftKings. Like, I don't think he's a great fan to play, but like if if we're going to get captain check down out there, um, like if Gibson plays, I like him like on PPR sites. I think either one of the running backs, um, McLaurin, like you said, is fine. I don't hate Logan Thomas. Um but like I, I don't love this game. I know I just mentioned a few guys. Like this is a lower total game. This game slower pace game. Um, I like the Giants defense. I think they're somewhat interesting here. Uh, what do you like here for the Giants? Uh, Slayton. That, that that's pretty much it. And I'm not even real high on him. Washington defense has been sneaky good so far this season. And Jones has just not looked great. Yes, he always has a 30 point game in him for some reason or another, but. This is another spot where I'm just going off of Jones and off of this offense. Like, yes, Freeman had a bit of a decent game last week, but that was against Dallas. He got a touchdown. He really didn't play that great. This offensive line is not going to run blocking. He only averaged about three and third yards carry. Like, it's it's Slayton just because he always has potential upside in any given matchup, but Tate is just off my radar. Ingram Ingram's a dot is so low that yeah, he can get you there with a touchdown and like six catches, but it, 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 this is the giants are not a good offense right now. This is not an easy matchup. This is not a high total game. The only thing they have going for them is that they're favored. And I'm still angry that they ended up losing that game last week. And that cost, I actually had them, for quite a bit on the money line and it changed throughout the week. And then of course Dell somehow pulled it out. And, but yeah, this is a void game for me. We haven't had any great games through these first three, but we'll, we'll get to some good ones pretty quickly. I will say like, um, as far as Slayton goes, Sterling Shepard could return to practice this week. Um, if he ends up playing, like, I think that bumps down Slayton a little bit. Washington has been one of the worst teams against tight ends this season. I think Everett Ingram is playable, um, but he's a guy that like is probably not going to go like too crazy here. Um, you know, so he, he's fine. He, he's probably not going to crush. He's fine. Um, but yeah, this is a game that I don't um, love here. So Bengals and Colts 47 total um, Colts favored by eight in this one. Do you like anything here on Cincy? Boyd is fine, but the the indie defense has just been fantastic but so far this year versus the run versus the pass. They've just been good overall. Burroughs, yes, he may end up throwing the ball a decent amount here, but they take up so much time of possession and they limit passing attempts throughout the course of the game so well that I, I don't see the volume being nearly enough here for over on the Cincinnati side. I see some, uh, 
the Colts kind of controlling the clock here. It just, yeah, another fade spot. Like, Boyd or T. Higgins are fine. Like, A.J. Green is dust. Both of them seem to be very involved. But I don't, I don't see Burroughs throwing the ball 45 times like he has a few times this season. Like, this is not the type of situation where he's going to end up with a ton of volume. And that's really where a lot of these pieces have ended up paying off. I mean, Burroughs had under 18 three times this year and then over 20 twice when he threw 44 times and 61 times. He's not going to accumulate a ton of passing uh, stats by not throwing the ball enough. And Indy is going to limit him greatly. And they have the top ranked pass defense in the league. So full on fade for Cincinnati for me here, which seems to be every single team so far for me. Yeah. Like, I'll probably play T Higgins again. Like I'm a believer in this guy. I'm a believer in like his relationship with Burrow. Um, He's quickly becoming like one of the main targets on this team. Like he ran the most routes um, again last week. So like his snaps are way up. He ran the most snaps. So like, I I like T Higgins. Like I think people are going to play some AJ green at 3.9 K, but like, how do you trust anything? Like he, he's just, this isn't the AJ Green like we fell in love with, like in his prime that we love, but like um he might be out too, right? Yeah. Like didn't he hurt his hamstring? So like then like T. Higgins becomes even more interesting at 4.7k for me. So um I like that. They're gonna be trailing in this game. So I think that T. Higgins or Boyd is fine, but outside of that, I don't want to go too crazy here. Um kind of like the Colts defense. Um, what do you like here for the Colts? Not a whole lot. I don't think Rivers – this is not a game script that's really going to lend itself to Rivers passing the ball a lot. So I, I think he ends up like – he hasn't had more than 33 pass attempts outside of week one versus Jacksonville, which was a whole different scenario. He's not putting up great stats. Because of that, like Hilton, he had 10 targets this last week. One of these weeks he's going to have a big game, but I'm, I'm just going to keep avoiding him. Uh, it's not a spot where he – sets up to play well like again they're going to be running the ball Cincinnati ninth ranked DVOA there's three tight ends to throw the ball to there in the rotation so none of them are real interesting to me um Pascal not a guy that I want to go with Taylor just hasn't really looked that great plus I can use Hines a bit again this game just really doesn't interest me a whole lot if I'm taking a shot on anyone it's Jonathan Taylor and he doesn't even rank probably my top four or five running backs this week. So I'll have one or two shares of them in all likelihood, but that's, that's really it. It's just not a smash spot for anything. This is a normal Colts game where no one's probably going to end up really making value outside of one of the tight ends and good luck guessing which one that's going to be. Well, I'll throw, I'll throw a tight end out there. I like Trey Burton. Um, I think he's super interesting. They've he's had 11 targets over his last two games, like ever since he's been activated. So um, really not blocking. He's, he's running routes. Uh, so like, I think Trey Burton, like, they want to use Jack Doyle to block. Um, they want to use uh, Mo Alley-Cox down in the red zone. But, like, Trey Burton's running routes. And, like, that's what he's getting, like, his snaps and everything. So, I think Trey Burton's super interesting against a team that has struggled against tight ends all year. Five catches, 50 yards, and it really just going to come down to, like, if he finds the end zone or not. But they're, like, they've designed some plays for him, too. So, they they like him. Um, I think they like his athletic ability. So, um I, the biggest concern is just like this game being slow. Like where is the Colts production going to come from? And there's so many people like if they were going to be trailing in this game, I, I would take some shots on T Y Hilton. So like, if you're, if you're building some like burrow teams for some reason, I don't, don't think I'd recommend it. Maybe that's where I get some like T Y Hilton exposure, but 
Overall, I like the Colts defense. I don't mind pairing them with Jonathan Taylor and uh, taking some few shots here with Trey Burton. Uh, finally, we get to a game. We could talk some football and talk some plays. We got the Falcons and the Vikings, 54 and a half total Minnesota favored by three and a half in this one. Um, what do you like here for the Falcons? I mean, if Julio ends up missing, then Calvin Ridley, I mean, outside that one game versus green Bay, just been fantastic all season long. Don't include that game. And he's averaging well over 20 points a game, 7.8 K. I know he's expensive, but this Minnesota defense really is not very good. Like they've just been bad to against the run and they haven't been great versus the path. They are ranked eighth in DVOA, but the Falcons are going to throw the football a whole lot here. Matt Ryan, I'm fine with playing him in pretty much any given matchup here. If Julio ends up playing, then I could see using him, but you're just doing a tournament flyer. Matt Ryan has only had one touchdown over the last three weeks. I don't think that happens here. They have a 25 implied point total. Gurley, Looked good last week, but that was also partially the matchup. Gets another good matchup this week. I'm not expecting a huge game. I'm not going to go chasing those points. It's Ridley. It's uh, OZ is not a terrible play at 3.2K. If Jones ends up missing, I know he didn't really pay off this last week, but still well in play. People will be off of him, even though he was chalk last week, and there's no guarantee that he doesn't end up with another game like Green Bay. So I like him. It's Ridley. It's OZ. It's Matt Ryan. I'm off the Hearst train. It's just not really paying off. So, uh, yeah, it's basically just a few parts of this passing game. Yeah, I don't really trust the running game here. Like, Brian Hill is getting worked in more and more. Todd Gurley has looked pretty good. Um, I don't, like, hate Todd Gurley. I just – I worry about, like, the workload that Brian Hill has been getting um, more and more involved. So, Dan Quinn's out. Like, we, we don't know what to really expect here from Atlanta, but – I would expect them to have a strong showing here. Uh, I think whether or not Julio plays doesn't matter for Calvin Ridley. I like him either way. Um, I I like Calvin Ridley even more if Julio plays. Um, So either way, like we'll have to wait. Like um, Zacatus is only in play for me if Julio's out. But Russell Gage and Calvin Ridley are interesting here. I don't even hate like Hayden Hurst, like, but – I don't think there's a clear-cut tight end option on this slate. So, like, I'll probably just be mixing and matching tight ends because maybe Mark Andrews if I want to pay up. But outside of that, it doesn't seem to be, like, a great tight end play. Uh, let's go to the Minnesota side of things. You know, it, it sounds like Dalvin Cook's not going to play. It's not official yet, but that's what it's trending towards. The sites did a great job. Madison is priced up. Um, I, I still think he's a phenomenal play here, though. Like, I, I don't care that he's priced up. I think this is a great spot to play him. Yeah, yeah, I don't mind that. 7.2K. I'm kind of going to wait and see where ownership ends up landing. But as of right now, we know that he's going to be heavily involved because the uh, Vikings love to run the ball here. So Madison at 7.2K, as long as it's not going to be too heavily owned, which I don't know if people really, are really going to want to pay that price tag. He stands out as a good play. Thielen's just been crushing recently. Gets a matchup against the 30th ranked past DVOA team. And he's 10 targets last each of the last two weeks. Has big touchdown upside. Really, really like him in this matchup. Do not mind Justin Jefferson, although he's more of a tournament player. He can obviously get it done with just big plays at any given time. So he definitely has some upside. But Thielen's the guy I prefer. But, yeah, no, this is a great spot. They have a 29-point total, so there's going to be a lot of points being scored here. Jefferson, Thielen, and Madison are going to be the three guys that end up with all of them. We know this offense is very concentrated, so those three guys are the ones I want to go with. 
Madison, Thielen, Jefferson, like maybe some cousins just because I don't think there's like a, a ton of quarterback plays on the slate. So I don't hate taking a shot here on Kirk cousins. Like Atlanta is allowing the most fantasy points to um, quarterbacks. So they've struggled against tight ends, but like, who do you trust a tight end? Like, I don't trust yeah, Rudolph, these guys. Yeah, Rudolph isn't getting more than like two targets in this game. Irv Smith jr. Probably not going to, I would play Irv work. Smith before I'd play Rudolph though. Right. Yeah, I mean, Rudolph has a little bit more touchdown upside. He's going to, one point this year, probably piss us all off with a two-touchdown game. But I guess this could be the spot, but I don't want to pay 3.7K for him. Yeah, I would I would almost, like, wish this was, like, a showdown slate that I could take some shots on, like, Irv Smith or something. like. But um, I, I think it's pretty condensed where you're going to go here, right? Like, it, it's it's Madison, it's Seeland, it's Jefferson, it's Cousins. Like, for, for a team that has a 29 implied team total – um we know exactly where we want to attack minnesota on this one so uh chicago at carolina 45 total carolina favored by two and a half in this one uh what do you like here for the bears the bears uh i really really like montgomery i mean carolina's run defense has been horrible so far this season and montgomery clearly now with cohen is the guy he only had 10 rushing attempts last week but that was against one of the toughest run defenses in the league in tampa bay but he's getting heavily involved in the uh, passing game here. We know Nick Foles loves to dump the ball off. Going up against Carolina, it actually gets a plus matchup. If he gets 16 carries, which he very well may end up getting in this type of game, then he can go for 100 yards. He can go for two touchdowns. And with him being involved in the passing game, Montgomery's one of my favorite plays on the entire slate. I know it's not a high total game, which hopefully should keep some guys off of it. But I, I like the over in this game. I really like the over in this game. Him and then Robinson and Mooney. Like Robinson, we know that he's going to get a bunch of targets, 16, 10, 13 targets the last three weeks going up against Carolina, middle of the pack, pass defense, and very young, a lot of blown assignments. Mooney sitting there at 3K, got five targets last week, nine targets the week before. Seems a little bit too cheap. Like, if you need to save some money, then he's definitely a guy you can get up going with. Like, I, I really like this game. Like, for a game with only a uh, 45 implied team total, I, I, yeah, I, I, I really like this side of the game. I like both sides of the game. Yeah. Like I love Montgomery too. I'm right there with you. He's one of my favorite players on the slate. Um, it, it should be no secret to anybody. Like anytime a running backs going up against Carolina, I, I like them. And like, I think it's even a plus that like he's been so involved in the passing game here recently. Allen Robinson, his targets are way up. His target share is one of the highest in the NFL. Um, Nick Foles locks in on a guy and that's exactly <laughs> what we're seeing here. Large field tournaments, I don't hate taking a shot on Mooney. Um, Jimmy Graham is interesting for a touchdown. Like, tight end is weak this week. Like, it's not – like, if you're not paying up for, like, Andrews, I think tight end is a position you just kind of mix and match. So, um, I, I think that – I think you could take shots here on Jimmy Graham. But, again, it's it's really Montgomery and Robinson for me. I don't like Nick Foles. Um, I'd rather just play his pieces here. Um, Carolina side of things, like – Christian McCaffrey did not practice Wednesday. So like, I would assume that like Christian McCaffrey is trending in the direction of missing another game. Mike Davis has had one of the highest floors with McCaffrey out. Like I know it's a tough matchup, but we just keep playing him right on full point PBR sites. Absolutely. I mean, look at his target numbers. He's got 10, six, nine, eight. Like they're going to dump the ball off to him quite a bit here. Mike Davis has been very good. He's heavily involved in the rushing game. He is just in for a smash spot. Chicago's been a lot worse for us to run in the past, but he's going to get a lot of those dump offs. 
I don't hate playing Bridgewater or Robbie Anderson here. Like even DJ Moore at 5.9 K. I know that everyone knows that this is Robbie Anderson's team and he hasn't gotten a ton of targets in the last three weeks, but he's still a high upside guy in any given spot here. Paying him or Robbie Anderson in any given lineup, I'm absolutely all for for that. Bridgewater is going to come in in almost no ownership here. He can still run the ball a little bit, has some wheels, but he's probably going to throw the ball 40 times in this spot like he has almost every single week. Has 300-yard upside, has two touchdown upside, has some, a little bit of rushing upside. But the targets are going to be all over the place here with Tamor, Anderson, and Mike Davis. We know that that's going to be a large concentration of targets. Low ownership and a low total game like I really like the over on this game, and I really like a lot of these pieces over on the Carolina side. Yeah, I don't mind a Bridgewater. I'm, I'm with you on the over on this game as well. Like, I already put that as, like, my extra survey game. I expect to go over the total the most, and this is that game. So, I'm right there with you. Um, I, I love Robbie Anderson again. Like, let's just keep playing him. I know it's a tough matchup, but, um, like, he's still – the targets are there. Everything seems to be there for him. Um, I was kind of, like – looking a little while ago like he's gonna see some kyle fuller which is a little tough like if you want to take a shot on anybody here like curtis samuel has a a decent matchup in the slot um and he's seen an increase in targets here recently so you can take a shot on him if you want to but it's anderson it's davis i don't mind the bridgewater play at all um Detroit Lions, Jacksonville Jaguars, 54 and a half total here. Detroit favored by three and a half in this one. Um, let's go with the Detroit side first. They have a 29 implied team total, one of the highest on the slate. Um, I love this spot for them, and I think a lot of people are going to love this spot, but I plan to be overweight on this game in, in general, Grant. Um, what are your thoughts here on the Lions? Yeah, I don't, I don't even know what overweight is going to look like in this game. I really like Jacksonville has been so bad so bad against the pass so far this season. Like we look at the numbers and they are by far the worst in the entire league. So Stafford's in there at three point or 6.3 K. I know he hasn't had a fantastic game at all so far this season, but still put up 23 points against the saints. Galladay is sitting at 6.2 K going to be fully healthy in this one or should be fully healthy in this one. Like, absolute smash spot. He's only played two games this year, and he's been over 16 points in each of those, going up against the worst pass defense in the league. Absolute love him this week. Marvin Jones still really hasn't had a good game so far this season. This is a good right spot. Again, Jacksonville, been horrible. Hawkinson is a little bit overpriced at 5.3K, but he's been putting up numbers consistently all season long. So this is I, I I love this spot here for Detroit. I'm stacking up Stafford with Galladay, with Jones, with uh, with Hawkinson. This is just a beautiful spot for all of them. Yep, and you just fade the running game. Like it's so awesome that we can just fade the running game here. Play Stafford and Galladay. Play some Marvin Jones. Play some Hawkinson. Um, I love Galladay. Like, I think he is a, like a cash play for me this week. I, I think this is a great spot to play Kenny Galladay coming off of a bye week too, as far as Detroit is. So like, they're going to be really fresh for this one. So love Detroit in this one. Um, the Jacksonville side of things like Detroit hasn't been able to stop the run this season. They haven't been able to stop the pass and they haven't been able to do anything on defense. So like, Gardner Minshew, we don't have a lot of running quarterbacks on this slate. I think Gardner Minshew is a fantastic play, Grant. 
Yeah, it's just trying to figure out who he's gonna who to pair him with. Um, well, Chark is hurt; like he might not yeah. play, so like that would definitely make it a little bit easier um, to figure out who he's gonna throw the ball to. Him. Yeah, play him yeah, naked if you want to. You can, but um, I prefer the running game in this one. Like I really, really like James Robinson going up against one of the worst run defenses in the league. This guy's been heavily involved. He's involved in the receiving game, the thirty-first in DVOA for the uh, Lions against the run. Didn't pay off a ton last week. Game script hasn't been great for him in a lot of spots, but this is a game where they could end up staying close enough, but he's going to be involved in the rushing or the receiving game in pretty much the entire matchup here. So James Robinson's by far my favorite, but Minshew, like I think you can pair Minshew and Robinson together. Like the prices aren't as constrictive and Robinson can easily end up with a receiving touchdown. But if DJ Chark ends up miss- missing, then Cole, Conley, Chenault, I'll be mixing and matching them. Like, you can use Gardner Minshew naked, but if he's going to get there, I think one of these guys is going to get there. I'd say Chenault's probably the top option, but I'm not going to argue with Cole or Conley. Yeah, one of my favorite stacks on the slate is Minshew, Chenault. Um, even if Shark, even if Chark plays, like, uh, they, they're designing plays for Chenault. Um, he played, you know, a a career high he's a rookie but he played a career high in snaps last week so um keelan cole is very very interesting if shark doesn't play um either so you know you have to watch and see if if shark plays or not but like cole chenault robinson Minshew, like i love jacksonville here like this game's so awesome because like you can stack both sides of this game and like there's plenty of runbacks on both sides so hopefully people are afraid to play jacksonville because it's spread out some who knows uh cleveland at pittsburgh 51 total pittsburgh favored by three and a half in this one uh what do you like here for cleveland i mean kareem hunt that's probably it i don't and I'm, I'm not really too excited about that pittsburgh's run defense has been good so far this season but it's just he's so good and this team runs the ball so much that he's the guy that i'm probably considering most i mean pittsburgh's been decent against the pass obj had a decent game a few weeks ago and he was all right last weekend, but generally we don't see a ton of blow up games from him. I, I just like, I'm not overly excited about the Cleveland side of the ball. I'm much more excited about the Pittsburgh side of the ball. Cause I don't just don't really want to play Baker. Cause I know that Cleveland's probably going to run the ball a decent amount. Mayfield hasn't had over 40 pass attempts this entire season and Pittsburgh just is a tough defense and a tough matchup. I think that Pittsburgh gets up in this game and Baker's going to have to throw. Um, I, I like I like Hunt and I like OBJ. I don't like Baker. I like Hunt and OBJ in this one. Uh, tough matchup in the slot for Jarvis Landry. I think OBJ has like the potential to go bonkers in this one. So um, I'm gonna be looking at those guys. Austin Hooper again. I don't think tight end is a position that like is like a hundred percent. Najoku's back as well, so like that's a little concerning. But like uh, if you're not paying up for Andrews at tight end, you can play anybody this week. Like. If those guys are out for Tennessee, I think Smith is really interesting, but that's just kind of how this slate shapes up. Um, the Pittsburgh side of things, Cleveland's allowing the most fantasy points per game to wide receivers, and Pittsburgh has scored the third most fantasy points with wide receivers this season. Obviously, we got to wait and see on Deontay Johnson, but like Claypool, Juju, this might be the, the Juju blow-up game. Yeah, no, I think it really could be. And yeah, it's going to be super interesting with Johnson. Claypool obviously putting up that massive game. I expect a lot of people to be on him, especially if Johnson ends up going out. But we've seen Big Ben do this with multiple wide receivers throughout the years. I mean, we saw Martavis Bryant have massive games. We saw, I can't even remember, Hayward 
have big games. Whoever he can throw the ball to that can catch. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, so, I, I mean, I have to wait and see where ownership's at. If Johnson ends up playing and people are on Claypool, I'm 100% playing Johnson over Claypool. It's just he was so heavily involved in this offense before he got injured. This week, obviously, just got injured immediately and made me lose a bunch of money. But, like, this is a beautiful spot here. I still will probably have a little bit of Claypool but it all depends on where ownership is going to be at. But stacking up Pittsburgh passing game, it's something I do every single week, and I'm probably going to do it again this week. I mean, Big Ben's had two-plus touchdowns in every single game so far this season. Hasn't put up a huge yardage outing. But Big Ben, Juju, Johnson, Claypool, depending on where ownership lies, I'm for sure going to have a lot of Juju exposure here just because he hasn't had that big game, and he does have big touchdown equity. But Johnson, if he ends up playing, I'm probably going to play quite a bit of him. Oh, yeah. Like, people are going to overreact to Claypool here. And, like, if Johnson plays, he's clearly the guy. Like, he only played 9% of the snaps last week. He got hurt the week before. Like, in week three, too. Like, they had to buy in week four. So, if Johnson plays, he's the guy. He's 4.9K. Um, Eric Ebron, I think this is actually a tight end that, like, I, I like a lot here. I don't hate James Conner either. So, I like the Pittsburgh side. I'm with you on this one. A um, lot of different ways to attack Pittsburgh on this slate. Baltimore at Philly, 47 and a half total here. Baltimore favored by seven and a half in this one. Um, what's your thoughts here on the Baltimore Ravens? I mean, I love Mark Andrews, just like I do every single week. Huge touchdown equity, big upside. Like he's just the guy in this offense both the time. Him and Hollywood, we know that they're going to be the two that are going to be heavily involved. I know it's tough to pay 6.5K for Mark Andrews, but he pays off in most given scenarios. So unless he's going to be overly owned, absolutely a guy that you can end up playing. Um, Lamar, we still haven't seen that massive game. He hasn't been running the ball a ton. Last three weeks, he's had a total of 18 rushing attempts. This could be a spot where they end up rushing the ball more with him. He could be a get-right spot. I don't know. It's tough to trust that. I'm not going with the running game at all. Like, obviously, Ingram, Dobbins, Gus, none of them really – any of them could get there, but you just fade this spot. So, it's concentration in the passing game with Brown, Andrews, Jackson. And if you want to play Jackson alone, just knowing that he could have a massive rushing game at any given time, maybe another week with that knee feeling better could help him out. But – like it, it, it's those three guys and I don't have a ton of ownership. This is still probably my fifth favorite team spot on the slate, but it's definitely one with a bunch of upside that people aren't going to be on because Jackson just hasn't done much this season. Philly can stop a tight end either. Like they've been terrible against tight ends this season. They've been terrible against the pass. Um, so I don't mind Andrews or Hollywood Brown. I don't mind Lamar Jackson. They've definitely, there's enough film on him now. It seems like they, they, teams and stuff have definitely kind of locked him down a little bit more this season as far as rushing goes so um i, I like andrews i think he's the top tight end on the slate um go to the other side here the phillies side like Ertz, like he's he's fine like again like you know you can take a shot on him i, I was very i i faded miles sanders last week and like he crushed on like one play <laughs> like yeah. one play he had a 74 yard touchdown run and had 80 yards rushing on the on the on the game like oh uh, if you faded if you faded miles sanders you were in the same boat as me last week like you made the right play yeah yeah i know i'm gonna full-on fade him again this week he had a tough rushing matchup and he just happened to have one big run this week he gets baltimore number two rush dvoa defense i'm fading sanders 
I, I mean, you got to watch out to see if Deshaun Jackson or Jeffrey end up playing, but Fulgham just crushed last week. He's 4.4 K. If all those guys are out, then he seems to be Wentz's favorite target. I'm not playing Wentz. I'm not playing Ertz. Like Ertz just, he, he doesn't have it anymore in my opinion. So I, I, I don't have any interest in playing. It's not an easy matchup. This is mostly a fade. It's just Fulgham. If everyone else ends up missing, the volume's probably going to be there for him. But that that's that's really it. You just wait to see where injuries lie and with the wide receivers. And if they end up playing, then I'm probably just full on fading the Philly side. Pay attention. If if Jackson and Jeffrey sit again, like John Hightower has played the most snaps out of all these wide receivers. He's 3K. Um he had six targets last week. He only caught two of them. So he's just like, this could be this week's Fulgham. Like it could easily be the other way around here. So I just want to mention like John Hightower. Uh, I think he's super interesting for tournaments at 3K. I'm always trying to find that 3K wide receiver. Um, so just wanted to point that one out. Um, Jets and Dolphins, 48 total. This is one of our two, one of two afternoon games on this slate. Um, 48 total Miami favored by nine and a half in this one. Uh, what do you like here for the Jets? I mean, it's Crowder. <laughs> That's it. He's played three games. He's had 100 yards in each game. He's had 10 plus targets in each game. Whether Darnold or Flacco into playing, then Darnold's already have... ruled out. He has been. Oh, yeah. He yep. did get ruled out just a little bit ago. Um, but Crowder, like, He's going to get there with the volume. Miami's past defense has been all right, but it hasn't been great. This is just, just a spot where every single week Crowder is the guy and he's going to get the volume. And just based off volume and full point PBR sites, he ends up getting a touchdown. He ends up having a big game. They're probably going to be have to be throwing the ball later on in the game. So it, it's Crowder for me. And that, that's really it. I think I'm giving up on Herndon. Yeah, like Flacco targeted Jeff Smith eleven times and Crowder ten times. So I'll I'll take shots on those two guys. Like those and like assuming that Perryman doesn't play, um, he was limited again Wednesday. Um, Hogan was on the IR. They they're only going to use Barrios if if we get news that like Crowder's not going to play. So I think Jeff Smith at three K like for some odd reason they did not price him up after having twenty targets over the last two weeks. Like. He should not be 3,000 in this spot by any means. Um, so definitely going to be paying attention to this one. And, like, what stinks is Miami is terrible against the run, but you can't play Frank Gore here, right? Like, you know, maybe I – mean, You can maybe, if you want six points. Yeah, like maybe on Super Draft if he's, like, 15X or something like that. But, um, yeah, this one this one's crazy. And then on the Miami side of things, like, it's hard not to like the defense against the Jets here. I think they're interesting. I think Gaskin is really interesting in this spot, too. I mean, I love everything on this offense. Fitzpatrick is still under 6K. The guy outside of the Jacksonville game, 300 yards in each of the last four outside of that game. And he has just been fantastic so far this season. And, again, we don't know when Tua's going to get in here, so – I don't know. It'll be interesting, but uh, Parker, Williams, Gasecki, Gaskin, all of them. They have a 28 and a half point total here. Fitzpatrick's the only one I'd be worried about just because you never know if he's going to get benched. And any of these guys, like all of them are fantastic plays. Parker had a tough job met or a tough game last week. Only had three targets, but I had 10 the week before. Preston Williams finally got a good game. Finally, the week that I'm actually off of him. 
but 20 points last week. Gasecki is one of the best tight ends in the league, in my opinion, from a receiving standpoint. And he's in for a big game at some point. I think this could be the week going up against the Jets, but they're 31st in past DVOA. They, uh, this is just a fantastic spot for the Dolphins, but I just, like, have we heard anything so far this week about Tua? Um, I, I think it's going to be Fitzpatrick again. Like, I don't think, unless he's playing absolutely terrible and they're getting crushed, that they're going to bench him in the middle of the game. I just, like, for what it's worth, I don't think that's how they want to get Tua into the game. Like, uh, and I could be wrong, but as a Dolphins fan, I think that uh, I think that we're going to potentially see Fitzpatrick play a whole game in, until they announce two as a starter. And I could be wrong, but uh, we'll, we'll have to see. I think it's going to be Fitzpatrick. I think they control this game. I think they win this game, um, pick up their second win on the season and um, or third win on the season and, uh, you know, be three and three after this week. So um, really quick. We just got a Rotor Grinders alert that Cam Newton is officially activated from the reserve COVID-19 list. So he should be back. Um, uh, Fitzpatrick is cheap. I worry about the Jets kind of scoring here and keeping up. But pace-wise, this should be a really interesting game. The Jets play at a really fast pace, don't they? Um, Let me see. The third fastest in the NFL. So, like, that's actually – this is actually one of the better pace games on the slate. Yeah, well, I was going to say that's third fast pace, but they're 12th in neutral situations. But, yeah, the they're probably going to be behind in this game. Yeah, so I, I don't mind. Fit, but, like, Gaskin, like, the more I think about it, the more I like Gaskin in the spot. I think he's, Play them all. Play them all. Play them all. We always like the Dolphins. Like, we finish it out with the Packers and the Bucks, 54 total. Green Bay favored by two in this one. Um, what do you like here for the Packers? The Packers... I mean, Adams looks like he's going to play, right? We kind of we kind of got word on that. That he's looking good so far this week and trending in the right direction. Yeah. So with that, like Adams, Jones, Rodgers, like Tampa Bay's been a tough defense so far this season. Rodgers is tough to pay up for, but stacking him with Adams, like if Rodgers having a good game, Adams is for sure having a massive game. We haven't seen him in a few weeks, so if he's going to play, then like he's going to get a massive workload. We know that doesn't really matter the matchup. He's going to get it done. And then Jones, always a possibility of a massive game. It's tough to pay 7.6 K for him, but the rushing attempts have been there every single week. The receiving numbers have been there. I know Tampa Bay is a tough defense, but it's those three guys. It's just tough to pay for all three of them, which is why I don't think a lot of people are going to do it with this matchup. Listen, if Adams plays, he's the top wide receiver on the slate. Um, with Lazard and Brown being out, um, MVS is interesting too. Even if Adams plays, like he he will have lower ownership here, but he should still see plenty of targets. Uh, we we saw Toynian, you know, three touchdown game right before. I think he's an interesting player, fifty one hundred. I think this is a tough matchup. Um, Aaron Jones, like. He just continues to produce. I know it's a tougher matchup against Tampa. They're one of the best run defenses in football, but I think he's always a guy that I'm interested in having because he's usually lower owned than all these other guys. Like he's in this price range with like Henry and some of these other guys. So I I just don't think a lot of people will be on Aaron Jones in this spot. I don't mind him, um, but it's more of a tournament just to be different type of play. Uh, What do you like here for Tampa? 
Uh, if Godwin ends up missing, Mike Evans, I mean, he's got, what, six touchdowns on the season, has a touchdown every single week this so far this year. So if Godwin ends up any, missing, it's Evans, it's Gronk, it's Brady, but I'm not a big fan of uh, Brady. Like I, I, I'm just not really playing Brady at all pretty much this entire season. Could steer me wrong, but Evans is the guy that's going to have a consistent work uh, load and is very, very viable in the end zone every single time. Seems to be Brady's favorite guy there. So Mike Evans, Bray, Gronk, if uh, Godwin ends up missing. But I think I like Evans and Bray regardless, just because they – Bray, like, he got, what, six targets this last week. He's taking O.J. Howard's role. Gronk is not – like, is going to be the guy that everyone ends up going with. So Bray is not going to have a ton of ownership. He is a decent red zone threat. He's always been a decent red zone threat. I mean, he had four touchdowns last year. I think he had – he's had quite a few in his career. So I think he's going to be a guy that gets completely overlooked. Granted, I'm biased because I play him way too often, but he's going to have a big game one of these weeks. And I think this could be the spot here. So great. Mike Evans, my favorite too. wait to see on the Godwin news. Yeah. I like Scotty Miller here too. I think he's super interesting. If Chris Godwin doesn't um, play in this one, I, you know, he was seen doing a little bit of, um, like running in practice on Tuesday. So we'll kind of have to see and see how this plays out for Chris Godwin. Like even if Godwin plays, I think Cameron Brait's interesting. Like we know Tom Brady likes his tight ends. Gronk's going to be used um, as well. So man, I don't like trusting Brady with anything, but like some of these pieces are, you know, somewhat interesting here, but like you don't get excited about it. Like there's nothing to get excited about. I don't know. Fournette should be back too, which kind of yeah. crushes Ronald Jones. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to do with Tampa on this slate. There's just so many different ways they can go, and I don't love any of them, but I think some of them are viable. So, uh, let's play the morning grind game, and then um, then we'll get out of here for week six. Grant, give me a guy quarterback to throw for over 300 yards in this one. Fitzpatrick. Fitz Magic. Um, I like it. I'm going to go with Stafford chalk. I don't care. I like this one. Give me a low owned running back to for a touchdown. Is Montgomery going to be low owned? No. All right. Well, that makes it tough. Um, is Rob Robinson's probably not going to be low owned either. I, I think he... Robinson is going to be low. Owned. Okay. Then Robinson. Like it's hard to do this without ownership, but I don't see Robinson getting a ton of ownership here. Maybe. I don't know. Like he's in like that Mike Davis, Kareem Hunt, Miles Sanders range. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Montgomery's just too cheap. That's why I think he'll be chalk. He's fifty eight hundred. So yeah. Um for the second straight week, I'm gonna go with uh Gaskin to score a touchdown. Might not be rushing, but I think he, he scores. I, I, I really hope for Gaskin's sake that um Howard is inactive again for what it's worth. Give me a quarterback wide receiver stack for a touchdown. I'm going to go with Galladay Stafford. I feel like we all want that to happen. So um, I hope you're right. I'm going to go. I'm going to go cousins Jefferson. Give me a wide receiver for eight plus targets. Allen Robinson. All right. 
Um, Jamison Crowder. Yeah, that was the other guy I was going to go with. There you go. Give me a tight end that's going to score. <laughs> Cameron Brate. Oh, I like it. I like it. Um, I'm going to go with Smith. Give me a defense that's going to score 10 or more this week. Oh, I thought it was a touchdown. Nope. Defense for 10 or more. Well, if they score Dolphins. a touchdown, they're likely going to score 10. Yeah, that's true. Miami. I like Miami defense. Um, you know, give me give me the New York football giants. Gets <sighs> my boy Fitzmagic. That's not against your boy Fitzmagic. The Giants. Oh, I thought you said Jets. Jets. I was going to be. No. Uh, uh, Giants makes more sense. Yeah, no, that's a good call. Yeah, uh, Kyle Allen likes Jets. to get sacked, and like you know, I think the yeah. Giants have a potential to score ten or more. Like, yeah, if you're no, not, if you're not, yeah, if you're not paying it for like the Patriots or the Colts defense, there's there's not a lot of like two K defenses this week, so it's an interesting slate for defense. So, uh, Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, play James Robinson. All right, I like it. Um, I like Gaskin, man. Like the more I think about it, the more I like Gaskin on the slate. So. That's going to wrap it up here for week six. We'll be back for week seven next week. Always appreciate you guys listening, and uh, we'll see you then. Hey, kids.